0: You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Christine Pittman, and this is Time Management Insider, a show where I give you way too much information about meal planning and time management for inside the home. So, I'm starting today with a little tip that I'm taking from my own week. So, I don't have that much to tell you about it exactly, but it is something that I did about a week ago. And that was I reorganized my fridge. And I guess I've been, I've had this fridge for a long time now, probably seven years. And I've just been putting things in it the same way as I had been since I first got it. Whatever transferring I did to this new fridge, it just kind of all stayed there. And that's how it's been. And there was nothing exactly wrong with it. I just realized one day that a lot of the fruits and like snackable vegetables that I was getting, I really felt like we weren't going through them as quickly as we should be. And I... Thought that it might be because they were too hidden and they were hidden in drawers, which I know are supposed to keep them fresher and all of that, but they were in drawers and they were kind of low down in the fridge. And so I decided to move those up. And in doing so, I ended up moving down and back some other things. And my thinking was that if it's like ingredients that I need for cooking, I go into the fridge specifically looking for those. And it doesn't exactly matter where they are as long as I kind of know. But if they're lower or higher, if I know where they are, I'm just going to go and find them and get them. But the things that I want to like open the fridge and mm, I want a snack, what should I have? I want those healthy, good, perishable snack items to be really front and center so that I'm more likely to grab them and think about them and my kids too. Now, what I wanted to say more importantly was that I feel like just in this last week, having reorganized my fridge has saved me a lot of time. I think that I have just rethought about where things need to be. And that is helpful. But also I got rid of a whole bunch of old sauces and salad dressings and various things on the door. There was a weird old jar of sauerkraut, sorry, and, and things like that. I got rid of them. And I didn't feel like my fridge was that cluttered before. But having done that purge, I just find things so much easier. I'm not like having to move things around and fear of knocking over glass bottles and all of that. So I feel like just doing this not super time consuming fridge organization is both saving me money because we're actually eating the foods that I buy and things aren't going to waste as much and also saving me a ton of time in just my daily cooking. Show coming up, we're going to be talking to Tamika Gardner, who is a cookbook author. She's got a bunch of books going back quite a while, focusing on baby food. And so we're going to be talking with her about making your own baby food. And we're also going to be touching on food prep quite a bit and food prep is when you like make a whole bunch of stuff say like on a Sunday on the weekend to get you through your whole week and people do this in different ways my friend Jeanette does like she'll cook her breakfast for the week and put that in the freezer so she can just grab her breakfast and jump in the car every day and she'll also prep out her meals dinners and lunches too and have those in the fridge ready to go Other people will do like a big batch of chicken and just have like cooked chicken breasts in their fridge to then dive into and use for the week. Some people wash and chop all their vegetables that those are ready to go. So the idea of food prep is this thing where you do a big cook session on the weekend and then that carries you through the week. Now, I've never really been somebody who does food prep very well, or I don't know what it is. When I do a big batch of food prep, say I cook a whole bunch of chicken breasts or pre-do a bunch of vegetables or starch, rice, pasta, something like that, it seems inevitable to me that when I do that, it is that week that all of a sudden all these extra events and things pop up on my schedule and we end up not eating at home as much as I had planned. I don't know how this happens. Even, I I swear, even during the pandemic when we were like not going anywhere, the weeks that I would do some kind of big batch cooking would be the weeks that we suddenly were just not home anymore. I don't get it. So I'm just not a huge food prep person. But thinking about food prepping and thinking about what I was telling you about organizing my fridge made me think about these like big job things that we can do in life and how they can then make our time better and more efficient through the week. And I'm thinking about, you know, I said I organized my fridge and I hadn't done it in a really long time. But having done it, I now feel like it's saving me so much time. I feel like light and easy when I open the fridge. It, it, it's like a little bit of joy to open my fridge door right now. You know what I mean? And I think that there are lots of things that are like that and we put them off or we don't do them and we don't realize what a great, huge impact they could have on our daily life or daily schedule. So I want to just... Give you a moment here to think about some part of your home that is really bothering you, disorganized, cluttered, some big task that you've been putting off. And I want you to just think about that task for a moment and then imagine that you've jumped two months into the future and you somehow found time to do that task and it's already done. Imagine what that space looks like. Imagine walking into it to go find something. So like if it's your fridge that you're imagining, imagining the open and it's all clean and everything's in little compartments and jars and you need to find the Caesar salad dressing and you know exactly where it is and you don't have to knock anything over or move anything to get it. Just imagine how light and nice that would feel and think about how much time it would save you on a daily basis to have that space organized in that way. And I'm wondering, and you can maybe let me know if this is true, I'm wondering if visualizing how wonderful and beautiful that organized space is, if just thinking about that can maybe be the motivation to jump in and spend those few hours tackling that project just to be able to be in that place that you visualize two months from now when it's decluttered and clean and light and fresh and bright. So I hope that that motivates you to maybe think about decluttering some part of your house and to think about how doing that task can actually save you time you take the time now you put in a couple of hours and then you shave minutes off every day which can really accumulate over time you're listening to christine talk about meal planning and time management but do you know who she is She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on CookTheStory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to CookTheStory.com slash newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show. I am super excited to be talking with Tamika Gardner today. Tamika is the author of a whole bunch of cookbooks, all focused on baby and toddler food. Her most recent book is The Big Book of Plant-Based Baby Food. So it's like a vegan-oriented baby food book. And she has some other ones. There's 201 Organic Baby and Toddler Meals. There's 201 Organic Baby Purees. So she's got all these great cookbooks, and she is going to be talking with us about food prep and making your own baby food and also the philosophy behind the kinds of baby foods that she makes. Hey Tamika, how are you today? Hey Christine, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. So I want to start by asking who is in your household and who does most of the cooking?
1: So I've got myself, I have a husband and two kids. They are 15, well going on 15 next month and 13 and I primarily do all the cooking, (laughs) about 95% of it.
0: Okay. And do you like cooking?
1: Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. And have you always enjoyed cooking or is this something you've come to more recently?
1: Yeah, always. Since I was a kid, I've been cooking. I was cooking family meals at a really young age. And as I grew older, I just really got into it. And it's just something that's really enjoyable for me. And what do you like most about it? I just like playing with different flavors and ingredients. And I like that. I can get it to taste better than what I can get at the restaurant. (laughs) I enjoy the whole creative process around it and and eating it, of course.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I like what you said about the restaurant thing. I feel so often like, okay, I don't, I don't say this publicly all the time, but somebody will say to me like, "Oh, let's grab Italian," and I'm like, "Most Italian restaurants, I can make a mean pot of pasta. Like, what?" <laughs> Unless this is some fancy Italian stuff, I don't need to do that right.
1: I find it really, really hard to want to go to the restaurant now. My husband and I talk about this all the time. We're we're talking about how okay, we want to go out to dinner, but where are we going to go? Because most of the things that we would get, we could make it probably better. <laughs> yeah. So we we don't spend a lot of time out at the restaurant anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I mean, like- it has to be like some really high-end restaurant or something because mm-hmm. I've just not been impressed these days.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that. I, I For the longest time, I would only really eat out if it was very special. Like it would be like an anniversary or a birthday and then I'd choose like a really nice restaurant and make sure that it was going to be like worth it. Just running to the, like the local chain sit-down restaurant is just yeah. like, <laughs> I can make these fajitas, uh, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you. And you know what? It's so interesting because we recently got some new cooking gadgets and we got some type of thing that grills and it air fries and it roasts and it it does all these things and it cooks amazing. I mean, when I, when we come in the house and sometimes my husband, now he's starting to get into cooking a little bit more now, Mm -hmm. but he will have something on that grill and I swear it smells so good. I'm like, what are you cooking? I mean, my oven or my stove top can't replicate those aromas <laughs> that this huh. thing puts out. So, okay. So that's what we've been doing. We've been experimenting with different gadgets and things like that. So
0: I need to know what oh, this yeah. gadget is. I'm obsessed with my air fryer, but I think I've heard of something like this. What is it?
1: It's a ninja foodie.
0: Ninja foodie. Yes. I've yeah, heard of Yeah, this. They're not
1: paying me to say this, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the best thing. I mean, we use it all the time and I even got, so they, they have this, this grill thing Mm -hmm. and it cooks the best potatoes. I mean, oh my gosh. And I also, they also have like a instant pot version of it. Mm. So it's not, it's not instant pot because that's their brand, but Ninja has their own one that does the pressure cooking and Mm -hmm. the the steaming and the, the, I mean, it does all that, Mm -hmm. but You can sear your food, and you can put all your vegetables and everything in it. If you do have some type of uh, meat, you can put that in there too, and just let the thing go. The the best thing about it is that you know I really like rice, Mm -hmm. and it cooks rice to perfection. I mean, (laughs) in like really short amount of time. So we've been having fun with those gadgets.
0: That's exciting. I know I I I talk about the instant pot. I have separate instant pot and air fryer, and I feel like they have changed, like fundamentally changed the way that I cook and the way that I think about timing things. And it's really, it's crazy as somebody who's cooked so much my whole life to have these two new things and be turning to them so much. It, it's really surprising. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So I'm interested. So you have a 15 year old and a 13 year old, but you have just come out with a cookbook for babies, right? Can you tell us about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I started a blog when they were little. Well, they were infants when I started the blog. This was in like 2006. I had my daughter and there wasn't anything out there about making baby food. I am a very thrifty person and, you know, I do like to make stuff myself. So. Going to the store and looking at what was available, the the things off the shelf, I'm like, uh, no, I really don't want to buy this stuff because I've got the stuff fresh in my in my basket. I've got potatoes, I've got everything that they had in the jar in my basket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, this doesn't make any sense. So my grandmother, she, bless her heart, she's she had six or seven kids mm-hmm. and she they didn't have a lot of money. She breastfed them all. She fed them all, and I'm like, what did you do? They did not have a lot of commercial baby food during her time. She said, they ate what we ate. I mashed everything up. I blended stuff up or whatever, and that's kind of how it came out. So I started doing the same thing. I was making stuff for my husband and I, and I would just blend up whatever we were eating in a blender. Mm -hmm course, the pediatrician told me to do one thing at a time. So I did that. And then I started storing the vegetables in ice cube trays. Mm-hmm. So whenever we would need to feed them, we would just whip out some ice cube trays of food. We, I, I, I would have like trays of sweet potatoes, trays of green beans, peas, mm-hmm. carrots, anything. Bananas, I even froze those too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they always had something to eat because I would do that prep ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, you know, as as they got older, they would just eat from our plate or we we would just give them baby portions of unseasoned things from our plate. Mm -hmm. And I was documenting that on my blog and that's kind of how it all started. And then my blog kind of, I mean, it became really popular. Yeah. (laughs) And then the publisher came. So wow. that's how it started. Now, how it ended up now 15, well, yeah, about 15 years later, <laughs> I think just from the experience of the first one and moving on to plant-based, it was just a natural progression for mm-hmm. me to write more about plant-based for babies because just the way that people are evolving and learning more and becoming aware about the environment. And aware about the things that we're eating, it just makes more sense to educate, you know, moms and dads out there to feed your babies more plants. Don't just stop when they're old enough to give them healthy things. Continue that journey, and to incorporate less amounts of of meat or is at all because it it's beneficial in the long run for them. And we didn't have that growing up, you know, totally. One of those kids that grew up on processed. My, my, both my parents worked. We ate everything under under the sun. We had all types of sugar, Kool Aid. I mean, just all types of stuff yeah. in the house. I don't know if you can relate, but
0: I can. A little
1: you bit. know, yeah, over <laughs> yeah over time, I'm like, I can't believe I was telling my kids. I'm like, you know, me and your dad. You know, we would go to the grocery store. We were getting like these packs of Kool Aid, and then we would put like two cups of sugar in the in the picture (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm like how in the world did we end up doing that how did we like and we didn't even know that it was like bad so it's just really you know evolution of just just learning about things that we're eating and how it affects our health and that that kind of I mean that played into the
0: new book and everything yeah that makes sense I want to say I always agree with you but I just want (laughs) I know my mom listens to this and there was Kool-Aid but not very much (laughs) Kool-Aid (laughs) <laughs> we ate, we did we did eat very very healthy, but not like the the nutrition the the way that we think about nutrition has changed drastically since I was a kid. You know what I mean? So. I think that the evolution of where things are going is so different and what we know about nutrition and what we know about what is good for babies is different from then now. So you're advocating for a plant-based diet for babies. Can you tell me what that means exactly for anybody who doesn't know and why it's beneficial to babies? Well,
1: you know, babies are natural plant-based eaters because they can't eat anything else until they're at least, you know, six or seven months. Right. May, or maybe nine. We we didn't introduce meat until nine or 10 months. Mm-hmm. So let's think about what happens if we don't introduce meat to the babies at a young age or if if, if we want. I mean, I guess it depends on the goal of the parent. The, mm-hmm. the goal of the parent is I want my kids to eat primarily plant based. Then that means that their diet is going to consist of primarily plants like 90% of their plate is going to be vegetables, beans, things derived from plants, things mm-hmm. that don't have a mother. Okay. So, so it's just really continuing that throughout the, their younger years and even until, you know, they get older in adopting a new lifestyle. It's beneficial because and I know there's going to be some some people who disagree, but there's a lot of environmental impacts with the raising of Cows, uh, chickens. There's just a lot of things that go into that. There's been some studies that shown that there's a lot of negative effects uh, of eating too much red meat. Mm -hmm. There's all types of stuff that is given to the things that we eat, and then we eat that. So I don't think that it's bad. I mean, we still eat small amounts of poultry and fish, Mm -hmm. but for me, it The light bulb went off when I started reading more about how humane some of these animals are treated, cows in particular. Mm -hmm. I I watched a documentary, I think it was called Cowspiracy. And it was like, after I watched that, I did not. I was like, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care if I ever eat another Cow, I don't want to eat any more hamburgers, any of that, after watching that documentary. I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. So we completely took out red meat. I completely transitioned our household from dairy. For me, I can't even tolerate dairy. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, I, I loved ice cream. I was a huge ice cream eater growing up. I was always in a hospital. And even now, like, well, I guess, well, before now, before I transitioned, just the milk and the lactose in the food that that we have, it was making me sick. Mm-hmm. And when I completely cut it out, like my gut <laughs> has healed. Just recently, I was in the hospital, or at least I went to the hospital, and I couldn't figure out what in the world was was wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, soon as I soon as I cut off the dairy, and then I stopped consuming some of the like you know the sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. I'm fine now. So it took a lot to try to find substitutes for those things, but we do not have any cow's milk Mm -hmm. in the house anymore. We don't eat anything from cows. And I think it's been better for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And definitely if when you think about like the baby food journey, if you... If you have certain food sensitivities or political, social beliefs, starting children right from the beginning in a certain way is a definite path to make sure that you all keep going that way. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I would like to know, so you were, when you had your little ones, you were making all your own baby food and now you are still writing about that. I'm wondering about... This transition that families go through when they go from being kid free to (laughs) suddenly having babies who, I mean, you know, as adults, if we're hungry we can you know and we have to wait a little while you know like oh i'm driving somewhere i don't have any food in the car it's going to be 40 minutes till i get where i'm going i'm going to be fine right whereas mm-hmm. the the baby you add that in and you can't do that you have to make sure they're fed you have to make sure they're changed you have to make sure all these things right and then when you add making the baby food into that it can be a lot of pressure to make sure all this is done. I'm wondering if you have tips or thoughts about how new parents can make this transition and, and make these baby foods sort of uh, themselves, homemade baby food more easily and save time and not be so stressed about it.
1: Yeah. And I know how it can be stressful because, you know, I I think I had moments of that as well. (laughs) So I did make things ahead of time. And one thing that I do that's, that I started doing is so when you're planning, when you're already making something for your family, make plenty extra at that time so that you're not having to re- do a repeat of it another time mm-hmm. when you can knock it out now. Mm-hmm. So you would just make extra and then freeze it or put in the refrigerator if you plan on um, serving it that same week, Mm -hmm. put them in containers that are portable. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things on the market now that have lids. You can, I I would drop stuff in my diaper bag and a cooler. I would even take things that didn't require cooking, bananas, avocados. Mm -hmm. Those things can be mashed up fairly easy. (laughs) So we always had something for the little ones when we went out, they had, um, back then they had these little divider plates that had lids. So I would like pack maybe two of those in a diaper bag with, in a cooler. So we, we had plenty of options.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even though, you know, I was not, I mean, I, I wasn't a commercial baby food type person, but I did take some of that with us just in case. For backup if I ran mm. out or if we were in a situation where we're stuck on the side of the road <laughs> mm-hmm. what are we going to do is I think about all that so mm-hmm. when I took the diaper bag out we I mean we were ready we had <laughs> I had stuff for at least probably a day <laughs> a day's worth because you know you just never know when stuff happens yeah. and like I live in North Carolina and there was a time when we had gridlock situation it mm. was ice and snow and like my coworkers they were stuck on a highway for 8 hours. Wow. And I was thinking I'm like, oh my gosh, what what if people have babies and, you know, these vehicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just could not go anywhere. Yeah. So, you just have to be prepared. You have to, you know, always have that emergency plan in place you have to have backup formula, you have to have, you know, backup commercial baby food with you at all Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. So for the prepping, the prepping is actually really easy, especially if you can bake a bunch of different things at one time, because you've got that space in the oven, Mm -hmm. where you can put different things in on cookie sheets and baking dishes, and you can really get a lot in there at once, you can get potatoes, you can get you Mm -hmm. can roast and bake cauliflower, you can put green beans in there. I mean, you can just you can bake until your heart's content. So do do all that ahead of time, freeze it, and you're ready to go.
0: That That's really great. Tamika, can you tell us where people are, the name of your cookbook, the most recent one or or the other ones too, and where people can find them? I want to make sure they have that information.
1: Sure. So the, the latest book is called The Big Book of Plant-Based Baby Food. And I also have two other books, 201 Organic Baby Purees and 201 Organic Baby and Toddler Meals. And those can all be purchased anywhere books are sold, amazon.com or barnesandnobles.com.
0: Okay, that's really wonderful. Thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Thanks, Christine.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Tamika. And if you have little ones, I hope you're inspired to make some baby food. And if you don't have little ones, maybe you're inspired to do a little bit of food prep and make your life easier in advance. So I'm going to turn to the meal plan for this week, which features a tiny bit of meal prep. But as I've said, I'm not a huge meal prepper. So I'm just doing it sort of the way that I would do it. So for the meal plan this week, we're starting with a vegan meal because Tamika inspired me in that way also. And this is a vegan cauliflower rice bowl and it's a great way to get your family trying vegan things because a lot of us are familiar with the sort of rice bowl concept and all the different toppings and if you put a whole bunch of stuff on it that people really like, they're not going to necessarily notice that it's vegan. And so you're going to use some cauliflower rice for this. You can make your own. You can buy it frozen. You can get it in the produce department of the grocery store. You can use regular rice if you would rather. That's not a problem either. And then for protein on this one, there is chickpeas. You could do a little tofu if you wanted also. And then there's avocado and radishes. You can do cucumber, tomato. Any of those sorts of things and then this one has a really easy wonderful dressing you basically take hummus and water it down with some other delicious ingredients and that becomes your delicious vegan wonderful easy dressing for this bowl Okay, on the second day, we are moving away from vegan and more towards this meal prep that I was talking about. So what we're going to do for dinner that night is a beef noodle skillet. It's ground beef, but you can use ground chicken or ground turkey, whatever ground meat is your preference. You're going to be having it three days, this ground meat. So whatever it is, make sure that you want to have it that many times. So what you're going to do is you'll see the first step in this recipe is actually to brown the meat. So you're actually going to brown enough meat for three meals for your family. And then once it's cooked, you're going to package away two-thirds of it for the other days. And you're going to continue to make the beef noodle skillet. So you're doing something you have to do anyways. Cook the beef and then that's basically making your other days easier to cook the beef i'll just say when you're doing a big batch like that you can put it on a sheet pan spread it out on a sheet pan season it and then put it under the broiler and just turn it every now and then it's gonna cook and get crumbly and get brown and not have you sort of standing at the stove and maybe you don't have a skillet big enough for that much meat I also like cooking ground meat in the air fryer you're not going to get as much for this but if you want to do it in batches it's a great hands-off way of doing it or you can do it in a big skillet and then you're going to make this beef noodle skillet which is beef it has some vegetables in there and noodles uh, other egg noodles so that is your meal for the second day on the third day of this meal plan we're doing something else with the cauliflower rice just so that if you bought it once you can use it again in something and that is to make cauliflower rice stuffed peppers. So one of the things about stuffed peppers that's often challenging is that you have to pre-cook the rice and pre-cook your meat. But for this one, you're using cauliflower rice. It doesn't have to be pre-cooked, right? And then there's like the tomato sauce and cheese and things like that in there. And then you can make this vegetarian by using some more of the chickpeas garbanzo beans that you had in your cauliflower rice bowls or you can use rotisserie chicken or you could even use some of the ground meat that you made the day before that's not what I had it planned for but it totally would work in there the cauliflower stuffed peppers on the third day now on the fourth day you're going to use your second part of that ground meat and you're going to make just some basic tacos hard taco shells and then you put the taco meat in there your ground meat you can season it up with some taco season if you want to or just some chili powder garlic powder and then my favorite thing to make tacos super super easy these days is i buy at the grocery store a bag of this southwest chopped salad it's called like cabbage and it has some little pumpkin seeds and tortilla strips and a really delicious cilantro creamy dressing cilantro avocado dressing so really you just have to put mix that slaw mixture together maybe chop some tomatoes if you want to And then you do the taco meat in the taco shells and then top it with this slaw and that's it. And it's so flavorful. You won't believe how easy that comes together, especially because you also already cooked that taco meat, right? Now on the last day of this meal plan, you're going to have chili for dinner. And my chili recipe comes together in 15 minutes if you don't already have cooked meat, but you already have cooked meat. So I'm telling you, it's like eight to ten minutes to make this and it makes a really good delicious batch of chili. The secret to this chili recipe is that it's got a jar of salsa in it. I find that one of the reasons that chili takes a long time to make usually is because you're trying to get that slow cooked simmering of all those flavors together. Well the salsa is a slow simmered thing that's already been like cooked all together and packaged all together and so you add that to it and it gives that slow simmered flavor. So you can have chili that day, you can go and do some garlic toast with that if you want, Or just have the chili, maybe a little scoop of sour cream or Greek yogurt, sprinkle of cheese. I'm also going to give you some links, I have some recipes for really fun things to do with leftover chili. So if you have not exhausted your desire to eat ground meat by the end of this meal plan, and I love ground beef, so I don't know how that's ever possible, but I have some great uses for leftover chili. There are some chili enchiladas where you're rolling chili in soft corn tortillas and then putting more chili on top and cheese and baking them super easy. And there's chili stuffed mushrooms. I think those are the two I'm going to link to. So if you have leftover chili at the end of this five-day meal plan and you want to make something nice on the weekend, you can do one of those things. So that is our meal plan for the week. And that's our show for the week. I hope you had a wonderful time thinking about tasks that you can do now that might make your life in the future a little bit easier including food prep like we did on this meal plan a little bit and hearing from Tamika about baby food and doing some food prep to make your feeding of your family a little bit easier. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Caroline Hall and her team at Wild Home Podcasting for producing this episode. And as always, thank you to Audiosnack for all of the wonderful music. Take care.